It's time to get out of the way. There's a, a phrase that comes up now and then in books and in sermons. It's called the Missio Deo. And it means simply the mission of God. And over the years I've seen a change in my personal methods of preaching and teaching as well as a great deal of change as far as my tendency to be critical. I know it's hard to believe there was a time in my life when I was a very critical person. I know it's hard to believe. And I thank God for that change. The more you're able to see your own faults, the easier it is to accept the faults you see in others. Amen? Last week during the fellowship dinner, Gigi, you didn't, I didn't know you would be here today, but it doesn't matter, Gigi was asking if we still did this or if we still did that, and it started me thinking of all the things that we've done over the past six years here, five and a half years. We've had home gatherings and game nights and movie at the parsonage. We tried an outdoor movie at, on the side of the church. Tim and Kathy and Peg and I enjoyed it. <laughs> Shut the movie off, off after about a half hour. Couldn't believe that. We didn't have it packed. I mean, for, for heaven's sakes, it was the a Magnificent Obsession 1954 movie outside on a beautiful uh, uh, summer night projected onto the wall. Can you believe that nobody came? It didn't even rain. But we tried. And that, my friend, is the key. Yeah. Uh, we, we did garage sales and Gospel Music Club. We had a couple right here as a result of the Gospel Music Club, we think. And of course the community activities like Cruiser Nights and Star Shines, having those tables out there, and the National Day of Prayer the last couple of years, and, and trying to reach out to, to the children of the, of the community. Didn't necessarily work, but hey, we got somebody else here today that we touched, I think, during that time of trying to reach children. And I'm sure that there's a few other things we've done in five and a half years. And I think of all that we have done to this building on the inside and the outside and all the work that still needs to be done. I've spent hours and hours in thought and prayer asking the question, what can I do to grow this church and to grow the people within the church? I've wept tears of anguish over those who have come and gone and over those that I truly believe should be here today and are not. And many of you have shed tears. I know you have. I've been in your presence at times when you've shed those tears over the failed and broken lives of the ones who knew the love of God and for some reason have turned their backs on His Word and on his spirit. I can only come to a couple conclusions. I can't do the job. And neither can you. Now, here's where a pastor might say, so as of the 30th of next month, I resign. No. <laughs> it's only the power 
and the presence of Jesus Christ working through us that can get it done. Amen. And this is a topic that I've brought up multiple times over the years and it may be, since I'm repeating it, might mean that it's important for us to understand. So this conclusion is one of my ministry standards. And while I think that sometimes I'm being redundant, while I think I may occasionally repeat myself, and while I think I may say the same thing over and over again, there are some things that require redundancy. God loves you is something that you cannot say enough. Jesus died for your sins so that you can be free. It's something that we should hear every week. So today, one more time, I share with you the concept that we can't do it. It must be through the power and the grace of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and through the presence of the Holy Spirit. I will be taking us as a text through two very similar passages. And yes, our discussion last Sunday, Tom, kind of brought it back to me. I've always loved John 1, 1 through 5, and 1 John 1 through 4. Very similar passages and both powerful. Let's read together these words of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Excuse me, I'm very thirsty today, I don't know why. I love the way John writes. I love, I, I, I tell new believers to start with John's books. John 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. So now let's read 1st John 1-4. through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it, and testified to it, and we proclaim, proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our friendship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Today's message is not about doctrine or church history or past practices, or do's or don'ts. Just as last week, I shared with you about the greatness and the awesomeness of God. Today's message, it's all about Jesus. 
Amen? Your heart should leap at that. It's all about Jesus. Adam Clark, a great Protestant theologian, good friend of mine for years, not, says this about John 1. In the beginning, that is, before everything was formed, God began the great work of creation. This is the meaning of the word in Genesis 1.1. And I put that in here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the beginning this is the meaning of the word in Genesis 1.1 to which the evangelist evidently alludes, meaning John. He says, This phrase fully proves in the mouth of an inspired writer that Jesus Christ was no part of the creation as he existed when no part of the creation existed. And that consequently he is no creature as all created nature was formed by him. For without him was nothing made that is made. Now why is that important? I said this isn't about theology. Okay, maybe I slipped a little theology in there. It's important to know that Jesus Christ has always existed. That he is God. John 1.3 says, Now as what was before creation must be eternal, and as what we have what we gave being to all things could not have borrowed or derived its being from anything. I'm sorry, he went on to say, Now, as what was before creation must be eternal, and as what gave being to all things could not have borrowed or derived its being from anything, therefore Jesus, who was before all things and who made all things, must necessarily be the eternal God. Now, one thing about the critical commentaries like Adam Clark and stuff, sometimes you have to read it over and over to understand. The point is, Jesus has always been, will always be, and is today. John says in the beginning, Jesus was with God. And Genesis says... Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Do you ever wonder what made man different than all the other beings on the earth? Uh, science will tell you that we're just mammals. Whales are mammals. Horses are mammals. Right? What makes us different? And that is the difference. The Spirit of God breathes into man. It is His Spirit that makes us different. And so we have right from the beginning the Holy Trinity represented the beginning of mankind. God breathed His Holy Spirit into man. Now we talk about Jesus all the time. We sing about him and his requirements to us. He tells us, you know, if you love me, keep my commandments. But do we mean it? Often we sing songs like, all for Jesus, 
all for Jesus. All my being's ransom powers. All my days and all my hours. All for Jesus. All for Jesus. And Jesus is all the world to me. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in this present daily life. Or Jesus is all the world to me. He's my life. He's everything that I hope for. He's everything that I need. Jesus. All for Jesus. All I am and have and ever hope to be. Jesus. All for Jesus. All I am and have ever hoped to be. And the list can go on and on. Those were just four songs. that were the first four listed in Google when I just typed in um, all about Jesus lyrics. And over the years we sing these songs. All for Jesus. All for Jesus. We sing it. We say it, but do we mean it? Dr. Bond was one of the Church of the Nazarene past general superintendents, and he asked this question. Has getting older made me more like Jesus? And then he answered with a statement. It is the appropriation of grace each day that makes us more like Jesus. And that brings us back to that initial premise I made today. I can't do it. And it's only Christ in me that gets it done. So if we don't seek God daily, if we don't seek the presence of the Holy Spirit daily, we will fail. So in all I do, and in all I preach, I must focus our church on what is most important. Knowing Jesus. See, I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Dr. Bond mentioned in one of his messages three things that we must do to be all that God expects. He said we must have a Christ-centered mindset, a christ focused message and a Christ anointed ministry now obviously he was talking about the pastors right no and before you think that this applies to me as a pastor think again because each of us needs these three things you need a Christ centered mindset you need to know your message because whether you know it or not and whether you accept it or not, those who profess to be Christians have an intersection with individuals each and every day who have an expectation from you. So know what your message is and make sure that your life lines up with that message. Otherwise, you can be responsible for other souls being lost. Because they're going to say, if that's what a Christian is, I want nothing to do with it. And we need 
each of us a Christ-anointed ministry. Even if that ministry is mowing lawns, putting up a billboard, um, cleaning somebody's house that's elderly or disabled, picking someone up to take them to church or to the grocery store, whatever it is, we all should have a ministry doing it unto others as we would have them do unto us. And this third verse in 1 John says, we proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so, so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ I fought hard over the years to preach the Word of God and not about social issues of the day. I really don't care if people are upset because of the use of unrecoverable resources. I leave that to the ones who have felt called in their inner conscience to lead forward on that issue. God bless them. I will not preach social justice because I believe if all the people in the United States who professed to be Christians were filled with God's Holy Spirit, who truly lived the life before Christ, we would have social justice. So to me, preaching about social justice is like a man with a shovel preaching to people about the need for water. If I have a shovel and I have a need for water, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to dig. And I'll dig until I find water. And if somebody comes alongside of me with a shovel and wants to dig along, praise the Lord, that's half the job. The true presence of Christ brings justice. And what I am saying is that I preach Jesus Christ. I preach Him born of a virgin. I preached him growing up as a child. God incarnate in flesh, enduring the hardship of a human life. I preached him spat upon, whipped and beaten. I preached him with a crown of thorns pressed down on his head, an innocent man condemned to die. I preached him hung on a cross, dying for sins that he did not commit. I preach him dead, placed in a grave. And I preach him resurrected, alive again. He is alive. Amen? I preach Him ascended into heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven, and I preach Him as the one who will judge us. One day, I will stand before the judgment seat of God. And man, I want to hear, well done, my faithful servant. Amen? Our manual starts out with a forward 
And in that forward you will find the mission of the Nazarene Church. And in that mission statement is what is called the critical objectives of the Church of the Nazarene. And these are holy Christian fellowship, the conversion of sinners, the other entire sanctification of believers, their upbuilding in holiness, and the simplicity and spiritual power manifest in the primitive New Testament church together with the preaching of the gospel to every creature. God help me if I don't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what I do. I preach the gospel. Not the gospel of Rich Norman, not the gospel of the Nazarene church, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I know that over the years, there have been times when the gospel of Rich Norman has gotten in the way. And I'm not proud of that. But you know what? And I know. Sit, you're, all, you're all sitting down. Guess what? Rich Norman is a human being. <gasps> hey, this is so, Pastor. And I do make mistakes at times. And I'm not ashamed to seek forgiveness when I do. But also, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I truly believe from the depths of my being that this is the solution to the heartache and the broken hearts of all mankind. Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit. Last week I made a simple statement that rather than swoon at a movie star, we should swoon at the presence of a holy God. So, when was the last time you were in awe of being in the presence of Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit? As Christians, we have Him in our heart. When was the last time you recognized that with awe? That fourth verse of 1 John says, we write this to make our joy complete. John tells us a key concept here. When we reach a state of right communion with Jesus, and that is to say, we put Him in the rightful place in our lives, that is when we receive that full measure of joy. And that means joy in the time of hardship. That means joy in the time of catastrophe. That means joy in our most difficult times. And also joy in our good times. And joy in our pleasant times. We have within ourselves that solid assurance of knowing that we are faithful to God and we're faithful to Jesus Christ and we're faithful to the Holy Spirit and no matter what comes against us, it cannot shake that boundary of joy within our hearts. Amen? Amen. And I love the rest of 1 John and I want you to just listen as I read it to you. It's beautiful. He said, this is the message we have heard from Him and we declare it to you. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live by the truth. Ah, but if we walk in the light 
as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim to not have sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His Word has no place in our lives. You know, I can't preach that. I can't preach any better than that. Those are God's words to us. To the sinner, it brings pain. But to the saint, it brings joy. We are in the light. We're not darkness anymore. Or to put it another way, when we get out of the way and confessing our sins and our failures, then and only then can God work His power in our lives. A full measure of joy and that measure of joy is Jesus Jesus one of the most beautiful songs in the 60's I think it came out Bill Gaithers it's just Jesus Jesus there's just something about that name and we receive a full measure of joy through Jesus. Just raise your hands for a moment and just say, I love you, Jesus, if you do. I love you, Jesus. Praise you. We glorify you. You are God and you are our God. Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word, how it cuts asunder like a two edged sword. But Father, it also trims and it willows and it makes us stronger. It makes us better. It makes us holy through your work and through your presence. I pray for each one that is here today that we have truly given to you all that we are and that we would just get out of your way and let you work in our lives. Bless each one that is here. May we honor you with all of our lives. May you be praised. Amen. The uh, clock is wrong. Thank the Lord everybody's safe.